Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Abuse towards referees is certainly not a new story, but is it getting worse? And what needs to be done to deal with the problem? Uh, you've just heard there in sport, a Tullamore GAA player has been handed a proposed 96-week suspension for an instance uh, which, which saw the referee being pushed to the ground. Uh, how how do we kick this sort of behaviour out of sport? Um, I'm joined on the line now by a referee. Uh, good afternoon, Pat. Hello, how things? Uh, is is this abuse towards referees getting worse, or is it just that it's now being captured on phones or being seen by 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 more people? It's been seen by more people. It's been captured and it's been put up on uh, Facebook and Twitter and whatever everyone to see it. It's it's, it's been going on for a long time. But, uh, now it is there's it is uh, how increasing. And it is getting more personal and it's, it is starting to get more physical. But it has been going on for a long time. And it's, it's, it's direct attacks and physical attacks and verbal attacks. Um, that's what's got no control now. So in your experience, Pat, what have you seen? Oh, I've had my car, I've had windows, uh, mirrors broken off my car. I've had footballs kicked directly straight at me. I've been abused in a pub. I had to leave a pub after a game, uh, like days after a game, that kind of stuff. It, it's been going on for years. My goodness, that's very serious. And and what yeah. what can you do about that? And have you ever felt un, unsafe? No, I I I I just laugh at it. To be honest with you, I would laugh at it because it's just it's pathetic. Mm. Like the, the main problem, the look, the the, the problem is ninety five percent of the people involved in GA don't actually know the rules of the game. That's the problem. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't. I shouldn't laugh at that. But these are people who are shouting abuse and they don't even know the rules. Yeah, that's it. They understand the game. They understand the basics of the game, but their actual rules of the game they do not understand. They've never read the rules, okay. and they're being coached by people who have never read the rules. They understand the basics of the game. That's what they do, okay. and that's what they. And they go by what they've been told. But the people have been told them have never read, never actually read the rules. And that's the problem. And what would you think could help stamp, sorry for using the word, but stamp this out of sport? Well, first and foremost, the first thing that has to be done is every, every coach has to, do, has to be made do a referee's course. You cannot coach unless you've done a referee's course. Oh, very and good. that should be, as plain and simple, if you don't know the rules, you can't coach a team. Okay. It's that simple. It's, that's, that, you start there. And that will make an awful difference. I think that would. Um, Sean Slattery is also on the line. Stay there, Pat. Uh, Sean is on the line. And uh, hi, Sean. Hi, Mairead. You're from the Irish Soccer Refs Association. Um, so yeah. you, well, you, you believe this isn't just unique to the GAA? No, it's not. No, it's not unique to the GAA. Um, which, first of all, I'd like to wish our colleague, Bertie, um, in the GAA referee that was involved, wish him all the best. Um I think, as Pat mentioned there, a lot of stuff now has been caught on video, etc., whereas written reports used to go in before. And I think um, it's highlighted a lot of nearly any incident in any game in the country. Now, someone has a phone somewhere and there's a video being taken. Uh, we had a case earlier this year where one of our own uh, referees in the northeast, there was a video went out uh, the night of the match happened that uh, he was he got a basically a kung fu kick to the chest by a player. And that was um, that was on nationwide. That went out, and uh, the, the only good thing, the good thing about that, I think the shock. There's no good thing you can come out. Sorry, no, but the, the I, shock I, value, but I, I the know shock what value you mean. alone. Yeah, the shock value alone meant that the player involved actually got a seven-year ban 
you know, he got a, and there was a five-year ban up, up, brought up to a seven-year ban. And I think uh, in the Tullamore case or cases like that as well, where a lot of stuff is seen now on video, it's it's actually, it's highlighting something that wasn't new, but used to be written, written referees reports of incidents that happened. But with the, certainly with the modern social media, things get a higher profile. But uh, I do know from the people are asking, what can you do to cut it out? Do you, know, think, do you think the bans, a, a strict ban, will work? I think, yeah, well, I think what's what's after happening in the last year and a half, and there has been, again, some good work done between ourselves and the FAI as well from the soccer end, end of it, that been, the stronger sanctions were approved and brought in and approved. And it's basically people that used to get away with small little bans, two match bans, etc. They're now six, seven, eight, nine match bans for bad behaviour. And I think it's, we're hoping that it would seem to weed out some of the ones that were repeat offenders on it. It's nearly, it's going to be impossible to kill it all altogether, you know. Um, but we do think that there has been some some progress, but there's still an awful lot going on. And I think the intimidation part of it as well, it might be, it'd be easy to put people off becoming referees, but... Uh, I think and, it has, like, yeah. I, I mean, Sean, I've yeah. my son used to play um, soccer up in a club called Phoenix, uh, Phoenix FC, lovely club. Yeah, and knowledge, yeah. yeah, and... Um, I, I remember one of the, the times dropping him up there, there was a brand new, huge sign put up. You couldn't miss it. And it was brilliant. And I can't remember all the lines on it, but it was, remember everyone here, there, there's chil- it's children, check your language. Yeah. Uh, remember the coaches and the refs um, are, are volunteers. So it was just reminding people who came up to training and who came up to watch the matches under 10s or under 12s, just watch yourself because everyone here is a volunteer and the people playing are children. Mostly, you see, it's not not down to us and them and that's nobody in any code of sports wants that. We want the parents, etc. to go and enjoy the games. That's Mm -hmm. where the main volume of the complaints that we get seems to be from the parents, etc., and coaches at underage matches. But there's some, like I say, there's great people devote an awful lot of their time between coaching and the parents looking forward to seeing the kids playing at the weekends. There's no one asking us to stop that or ban parents, you know, from the games. Mm. Uh, but just the behaviour itself, um, some of the stuff that's coming in, if if they're repeat offenders, if sometimes there's one-off, but if there's repeat offenders and that, we'd, we'd like to think this process is there now where they can be weeded out. And I certainly know about the referees' courses. I mean, People talk about decisions and that. I mean, has that been uproar in England over the Arsenal match at the weekend? I mean, the VAR, the whole lot, and that's at the top, top game, and nobody can agree on what happened there or what was right or wrong. Yeah, and VAR you, you know, for another manager, day's chat. Is it, does it work? Does it not? I'm just saying they can't, they can't agree at that, but 99% of our referees are on their own on games. There's no assistance. You know, it's not like TV. Yeah. Um, there's no assistance with them. They're on, you know, unless they're on the biggest games, there'll be three on a match. But 99% of our members across the country okay, are well. going out doing games every weekend on their own and the protection. Uh, we certainly encourage people to definitely still take it up and they can, like with the referee Society and that, they, they will get a certain amount of protection that we can do. But, uh, well, but, um, but the bad behaviour definitely needs to be cut out it does. Morris, people punished. Morris from Cork has been in touch on text and he says uh, Hi Mairead is a new referee this year most of the abuse I received was from the sidelines and especially from women who don't want anything to happen to their sons 
I also think if anyone attacks a referee, they should face criminal charges and not uh, the easy suspension rules, which I don't think mean much. Um, then maybe the referees would feel more protected. Um, and that's from Morris in Cork. Uh, I'm, I, I, I'll go back. Is Pat still there, Pat? Uh, what do you, what yeah, do you think you. about um, Morris's text there? Well, t- to be honest, like within soccer and, and or within rugby, if, if players do receive a yellow and red card, there's a monetary fine as well, which is something the GA will have to look down the route of as well. But uh, he's dead right with the sidelines because, as I said, there's so many people involved in the game that they actually don't know the rules. And they're roaring and shouting abuse at the referees because my little Johnny and my little Mary is not getting free. But they've no idea what the rules are. And once one person starts shouting, it just snowballs from there. It's just snowballs, but the the the, the, mini, the miniature uh, bands of two games and three games in the GA is irrelevant because normally like a lot of guys now who got suspended to September October they're they're suspended for three four weeks at this stage, but there won't there won't be another game until next year, so the suspensions are irrelevant. So unless there's again a monetary fine brought into the GA, maybe that's the way to go with it. Okay, hit them, uh, hit them hit them in the pocket. Hit them where it hurts. Yeah. Hit them where it hurts. Okay, um, I want to talk to uh, Paul. Uh, good afternoon, Paul. How are you doing? You were a League of Ireland referee for 25 years. Um, my yeah. goodness. So is the abuse towards referees better or worse now? Uh, same day getting worse. And, uh, I'm a little bit too colleagues. So they're coming from the sidelines too with a lack of knowledge of the rules of the game. Like They actually don't know. When you make a technical decision on the field of play, they, especially at grassroots level, the senior level I operated at, it wouldn't be as bad because you're dealing with senior players and senior coaches. But at the low grassroots level, they have, they're shouting, but they're shouting about things that aren't really existing. You know what I mean? Oh my God, that must be so frustrating. You're trying to ref the match, keep your eyes on, on the pitch, and then you have people shouting total nonsense. Yes, and they don't even know. They're quoting things that aren't the laws, and they shout things that aren't in the game, and then, then the player gets agitated, and the parents are winding them up, and you know, and then coaches. But I was talking to a rugby coach one time, the local one, and he said that the problem they have with the club is the dog parents sign a thing when the play, when their player or their, or their son daughter takes part in the club that if they shout towards the referee from the line the parents that they substitute the player and they tell the player to ask the parent why they're taking off. Oh my goodness! Wow! Why? Yeah. So why is my little Johnny being taken off? Uh, so they put the, they put the they put the ownership on the abuse back to the parent who's actually shouting the abuse at the referee, oh. and then the ref, the parent then has to take Johnny home and tell him that sorry you're off the pitch because I was shouting on I wasn't behaving myself at the side of the ground. Well, so it puts an, an ownership back onto the parent that's actually shouting and not behaving in a reasonable manner. My goodness. I, do you know what? With something we spoke about yesterday, we were saying, you know, have after-school activities um, for children become too serious and too competitive and almost, you know, too involved and all about playing to win. Uh, are you seeing that with parents on the sidelines? I see it from parents, because I played myself, but I see it from parents and I'm not trying to be that, had never taken any part in any sport at mm. all themselves. They've never been from that, a team background. They might have played individual sports like golf or something, but they don't. They haven't got the team. They've never played in a team sort of atmosphere, and they're trying to play the game through their their son daughter on the pitch. You know, sort of, and secondly, and when you when a referee does his job and gets a player sent off and, and sends them through discipline, and he gets a big ban, the first thing the default of clubs too, clubs have an ownership too that they try to try to figure out a way how to lessen the punishment. Mm. They try to figure out because the player might be the top goal scorer, they might be the best player in the midfield. They try to figure out how can we see some of the wording of the referee's report that he, he wrote wrong, so we can actually say it wasn't a, a fact, a fact of what happened. Rather than say he used his left hand, they push him rather than his right. And some some wee technical thing they try to get the lesson lesson down the band. So unless the bands come on on their band and they fully served, 
you know, or they look at the age of a player times too, and they say, oh, it's going to leave him out of football for maybe 12 months and he's only X amount. You know what I mean? The, 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 you have to be accountable for your actions, you know, sort of way. Unless that comes right on and clubs start to say, well, you caused this, you have to put your hand up and take responsibility for your actions. Mm. Uh, I'd love to ask Sean his his take. Um, uh, Sean, what do you think of that? Do you think the after school, so the kids and even the, the teenager sports have become too serious? Is this why everybody's getting so riled up? Because the training seems to be quite intense and I say in in football, soccer and in GAA. I mean, they're two things mm. I'd have experience of in my home. There's many evenings of training and matches at afternoons. Is is that why? Because I feel like when I was a teen, late teen even, and the lads I knew playing, they didn't train as much. It just feels like it's 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 almost taken up a level now. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, I mean, there's a big change. It's obviously in facilities are, you know, much better, better in the Dublin yeah. area I can speak for them what the ever were. You know, there was changing at the side of a pitch and et cetera. You know, that, that, was, that was normal. But there's also like, there's a huge expense as well. Like parents paying two and three hundred a year for kids to play for teams. You know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff gone into it. There's a big commitment. Um, but I, I know certainly like in the in the school by leagues, I, and that from under 12 really down, there was to be an idea at 13 maybe that there was to be, the games were not to be, they were to be non-competitive. Mm. They were to be just a game to get them used to Play. playing and they could win, lose, etc. And it wasn't like there was medals for every game or, you know, that was a, uh, that was to be. That was an idea that was being put around, and you know, sometimes there, there wouldn't be enough referees at the moment, say in the Dublin area, to do the under eleven and twelve games mostly. But uh, they were to keep them more or less as they got older, and you know, a bit, little bit, I've been called a little bit wiser as kids yeah. into the teenage years before the competitive stuff starts. So that's an argument that the coaches themselves will have. But I mean, some of it is definitely win at all costs. And again, I know there's great coaches out there. There's people put a huge effort in. Uh, but it can seem as if it's life and death at times. Yeah, I can. Um, some there's people around in and say, yeah. There's lots of messages on this. With each other and, yeah. um, I'll read some of them to you, uh, Sean. Hi, Mariah. I'm a rugby ref for 10 plus years. Rugby has a massive issue with abuse despite elements of respect between captain and ref communicating with each other. It's only getting worse despite the province's supporting refs and investigating abuse claims. Refs don't come forward as they feel it would be a negative reflection on them and their abilities. Um, another one here from John in Kilkenny. Um, my boy plays soccer. I was asked last year um, to do the lineup and help a ref, which I did. He then proceeded uh, to overturn what I called. And when I asked, he said he'll he's in charge and he'll make the decisions. I just dropped the flag and walked away. Um, that's from John Kilkenny. OK, so the ref didn't agree with him. Another one here. I got a punch. My goodness, where's that one? I got a punch during a match. Where did that one? It just disappeared off my screen. There it is. I got a punch during a match. We complained to the league and the lad that punched me got a three match ban. I would have been better going to the guards and reporting this assault. And that's from Jer. And that's exactly what that was, was, was assault. Absolutely. Um, look, I want to say thank you to, to all three of you, to, to Paul, to Pat uh, and to Sean. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.